0: This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. Greetings. This is Daryl Wilson, Professor of Law at Stetson University College of Law in the Tampa Bay area. I'm here to talk to you today about international intellectual property. International intellectual property has connotations of protection for copyrights, patents, trademarks and the related unfair competition across domestic boundaries on an international basis. However, while strides have been made in that regard, there is no truly protected international copyright, patent, or trademark, something that is recognized through a registration process and protected across all international borders. There have been strides made in that area through treaties, the principal treaty being the TRIPS agreement, which is trade-related intellectual property protections and falls under the last reconfiguration of the GATT agreement, the General Agreement on Tariffs and Trades, under the WTO. But there's another way for protection across international lines, and that is through administrative agreements and contracts. And as a subcategory of trademark law, great strides have been made in the area of domain names. Domain names are the names that are used to identify locations on the Internet. The Internet locations are originally identified by randomly assigned numbers, but people pick names for shorthand in order to easily remember where they want to go on the Internet. You have top-level domains, which are the suffixes such as .com, .biz, .info, .org, etc. And you have secondary-level domains, which is the name in front of .com. So Wilson.com would be a secondary-level domain of Wilson, a top-level domain of .com. Now, whenever somebody registers a domain name, they've agreed to have any disputes regarding that domain name subject to mandatory arbitration this mandatory arbitration. is non-binding. It's a fairly low cost, certainly compared to litigation. And it's an administrative proceeding that can be appealed as far as the decision is concerned. All domain names are subject to this when they are registered. Sometimes individuals don't want to participate in the arbitration and they don't have to actively participate. But most of the time they do. It only costs between one to five thousand dollars to file a domain name dispute. All domain name disputes are processed in accord with an agreed to policy called the Uniform Domain Name Dispute Resolution Policy or UDRP for short. This policy first originated in 1999 and the first case was in December of 1999 and since that time we are approaching 18,000 domain name dispute cases being resolved. The disputes are handled by a panel of one or three arbitrators, each arbitrator being somebody who's experienced in trademark law, and those arbitrators receive somewhere between $500 and $1,500 for resolving the disputes. While the filing fees are fairly low and the remuneration to the arbitrators is fairly low, It is costly sometimes to uh, hire an attorney to handle a domain name dispute. However, individuals don't need to have attorneys handle these domain name disputes. One reason many people do not hire attorneys is because there is no appearance before any body of arbitrators or any other administrative body. These matters are paper matters only. And so when a complaint is filed, it has to be done, hopefully properly, but To find out how properly it has to be done, you would have to check with one of the dispute resolution providers. There are four dispute resolution service providers. One is the World Intellectual Property Organization, and the other is the National Arbitration Forum. Those two have been carrying out these activities since 1999 when the UDRP was formed. And recently, the Asian domain name dispute resolution center has opened, and so has something uh, known as the Czech Arbitration Court. These dispute resolution service providers indicate how the complaint must be filed. The defendant can send in a written response. Some of the organizations allow a supplemental written responses, and then those papers go to the arbitrator for decision. The plaintiff in these cases has to show that they have protectable rights based on some registered trademark, wherever it's registered in the world, or common law rights or some other trademark-related principles that give them a right to complain about the secondary-level domain. The plaintiff has to also show that the defendant registered the domain in dispute, and that domain is similar or the same as the plaintiff's protected mark. The plaintiff has to show that the defendant has no legitimate rights in the name and that the defendant registered the disputed domain in bad faith. Going back to our original example, Wilson.com, if somebody decides to register the domain name, willsons.com, with an S at the end, I might be the plaintiff and I would have to show those elements. If I'm successful in showing those elements, I can have the disputed domain name canceled, which would mean that it would be put back on the market, or I can have it transferred to me, which is the preferred type of relief, or I could lose the case altogether and the defendant would be able to continue to use the domain name in dispute. Overall, there's an inherent tension In regards to trademarks on the Internet, the main name resolution is meant to address cyber squatting, which is presumably illegal, where one takes the names of other individuals for the purposes of selling them. I might decide to sell Wilson.com to Wilson Sports because they haven't bought it yet. In general property terms, that should be okay because they haven't claimed any property rights in it. Why shouldn't I be able to claim property rights in it? However, there is some tension, as I said before, between cybersquatting and something known as arbitrage. Many people buy domain names in mass with the hopes of becoming a domain name millionaire since a number of domain names have been sold for several million dollars to willful buyers. So the scope of trademark protection on the Internet is still a ways from being settled. Hopefully this will give you some insight into the settlement process and one aspect of international intellectual property. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.